Welcome back to Amazing Horse Country. Amazing Horse Country is a unique and positive style of relational horsemanship. We're down to earth, honest, and well, we just really enjoy horses. There are as many different approaches to horse training as there are people and horses. That's a lot. At Amazing Horse Country, our approach is based on meeting the needs of each individual horse in a positive style, supportive to both horse and rider. We work through progressions that form exercises that in turn build into our ultimate goals. But where do we start? In this episode, we take a look at a somewhat different theory. Before we get into it, make sure to visit AmazingHorseCountry.com. We'd love to have you as a member. Your free membership gives you access to clinics, a growing suite of training and riding videos, one-on-one -on -one online training, with me, of course, the Amazing Horse Country live show, and much more. And of course, I have to throw in the pitch. If you're enjoying these podcasts, help us out. Just head to patreon.com backslash amazinghorsecountry. For as little as $3 per month, we will send you a bunch of cool stuff and you'll be able to sleep at night, knowing you've helped us pay for a ton of expensive recording gear that our horse Chip would just love to drag around the farm and use as toys. He's great at coming up with podcast ideas, but we have to keep him out of the studio. So how about it? For the cost of a cup of coffee per month, you can really help us out. Again, that's patreon.com slash amazinghorsecountry. A top-down approach to horse training. One of the things that attracts me so much to horses is that there is no upper boundary to what we can achieve. Unless, of course, we believe there is. But in that case, we've set that boundary ourselves. And are we disregarding potential and possibility? I'd like to explore that thought from the perspective of a top-down approach. Let's start with this question. What is the most ideal way you can imagine riding your horse? How about this for an answer? Your horse intimately follows every nuance of your focus, energy, and balance in every situation to the point you find yourself wondering why you have reins and what the aids are for. This is what I would call an ultimate aspiration the pinnacle of synchronicity between horse and rider, a state where your thought and focus are one, where each minuscule shift of your body and thought in your mind is mirrored by your horse. Guess what? I believe it's achievable. In fact, I think we need to believe it's achievable. If it isn't, what exactly are we striving for? Do we hit a limit and then quit? Been there, done that? 
Or do we keep finding things to improve, things to challenge us, new heights to climb to? I recall in my piloting days when I was stationed at our base in Rankin Inlet, Nunavut. At the time, a few adventurous souls were taking their snowmobiles out in the summer and riding them across open water. It likely started off as a dare, but later turned into a sport. Equipment was designed for it. About the same time, I watched a video of a fellow pioneering a 360 loop on a snowmobile. I thought it was insane and something I wasn't going to try. But the following years saw such a maneuver become a typical part of a competitive event. And yet in the horse world, many times I see folk feeling like they're constrained either by a level-based program that meters out advancement, sometimes only when you pay for it, or simply by having someone say to us, that can't be done, or you're not ready for that yet. I can recall, in fact, a scenario where someone actually shouted at me, you can't do that on a horse. But the fact is, I was doing it. And it was working. The human mind has much potential for discovery and plenty of drive to get it done. Where would our race be without imagination and determination? Our journey with a horse must be open-ended to allow us the room to move and explore, question, discover, and grow. Revisiting my initial statement then, how would we go about having such an incredible connected relationship with a horse? In motion. What complex set of training mechanisms could we employ? Can we hasten our journey? Wait a minute, whoa, put the brakes on that thought because where would we even begin? Recently, I taught a group session where we discussed setting a goal, then breaking that goal down into exercises, and subsequently breaking those exercises down into progressions, linearly related small chunks that take us progressively through an exercise. That philosophy is the same one I'm exploring in the content of this discussion. Starting at the top, and working our way down. The benefit of this approach is that we're able to quickly identify what we need to work on in order to progress. It might involve some guesswork and trials, but hey, that's life, isn't it? That's what learning really is. If you're familiar with Amazing Horse Country, you know that we employ obstacles not only for fun, but to build trusted athletic relationships with horses. Take, for example, a new obstacle that we're introducing our horse to. For the sake of argument, let's say it's a square 5x5 platform. We have two options here. 
we can first work our horse through all the prerequisite steps we typically do. Some of those being accountability, focus, leadership, followership, releasing, response to pressure, and there's others. Or we can just say, let's give it a shot. In our example, we give it a shot and lead our horse up to the platform. But in each attempt, our result is simply the horse leaning into us with a shoulder and avoiding the obstacle by ducking behind our back. It is not going perfectly. We realize right away that we can work on several things. 1. Having our horse follow us with a greater degree of accountability. 2. Improving our own focus and putting energy behind it. 3. Working at our horse moving their shoulder off our space, something we call lateral mirroring. We attend to these things. And once we're comfortable that we've made some changes, we try leading our horse over the platform again. Because we may have tried with the same result several times now, the horse might believe that ducking behind us is simply how we're going to do it. So we have to be attentive to that thought. We'll start by leaving the obstacle and working on some focus and follow progressions. When we realize greater clarity, we'll return to the platform. This time, as we go forward, we notice a spot where our horse slows. And we ensure that we do not get ahead. Instead, as we slow with our horse, we focus forward, really think about sending our horse around our shoulder, and go. Because we've just attended to that spatial communication, our horse walks up and over the platform without issue. In the previous example, we started with a top-down approach. Trying the exercise, clearly identifying the required pieces, working on those pieces, and then trying the exercise again. This is typically not what we do in the introductory parts of our clinics, simply because we need to develop our own skills and build a relationship with our horse first. But what if we already have a great relationship with our horse? What if they already follow us to an exceptionally high degree? What if we have a great mutual trust? This scenario is more akin to our Obstacle 2 clinics, where our horse is already confident and comfortable following us and trying new things as a function of our positive leadership. In this case, why not give it a go? See what happens and then work on the supportive progressions. A working example from an Obstacle 2 clinic might be asking our horse to side pass over a platform, but only having their front feet up on the platform while their hind feet remain on the ground. We give it a shot, and then we see what we need to address. It could be that we need to work more in clean lateral maneuvering. It could be that we need to eliminate more anxiety about the platform. 
we can address those and then try again. Repeat that cycle as necessary. I find that this is a much more supportive style since we're always working specifically on what our horse or what our relationship needs. An example of a much less productive way to go about it would be to follow this line of thought. I know we can side pass. I know we can walk over a platform. Therefore, we can side pass over the platform. But when it doesn't go as expected, we do it over and over, progressively becoming more frustrated as the horse becomes more anxious. Alright, now that we've discussed both top-down and bottom-up approaches, let's revisit our ultimate aspiration. We hop on our horse's back, toss the reins to the wind, and ride. And what happens? Honestly, an infinite number of things can happen. Our horse may think, No reins! I'm on my own and free! And do what they please. They might think, Wow, this is really freeing. What can we do together? Or we might focus left and they might turn right. We could get energetic, but they stop instead. Or they might be so dialed into us that they reflect every nuance of our focus, energy, and balance. This is a thing of beauty. What factors determine the outcome? If we stand at the top and look down, we can see the pillars that support our ultimate desire. And those pillars are these. Leadership. The onus is on us to provide it. What does a horse require in a leader? Confidence, a clear singular focus, energy behind that focus, trust in our decisions of where we're leading the herd, the ability to communicate in a way the horse natively understands it. Herd status. If we're not above our horse in the herd, They'll only follow if what they desire happens to coincide with what we're asking. Being above our horse in the herd is something we need to demonstrate, never something we should attempt to force upon them. Accountability. This applies to both us and our horse. The horse needs to be accountable for only one thing. To follow us, not to behave or respect, because if our horse truly believes in our leadership, those issues will never arise. We need to be accountable to lead and to accept all responsibility for any outcome, whatever happens, because we set it up. After all, our horse didn't wander into our house and catch us to go for a ride. An understanding. It's imperative that we understand that in order to ride a horse, there is actually very little that we need to show or teach them. They were born with the ability to do every maneuver in the book. The onus is on us to lead and communicate so that they can follow our direction through all of those maneuvers with unrestricted athleticism. Knowledge 
I find that many folk have a wealth of knowledge of horse training and riding methods, but there seems to be much less knowledge when it comes to the horse itself. Trainers may be very proficient in their methods, and we might have a great seat. But do we really know what's truly going on under the saddle? Two exceptionally important branches of knowledge are these. 1. The biomechanics of how a horse moves and balances. And 2. How the horse thinks. How they perceive their environment and relate with others. The aids. Our focus, energy, balance, reins, seat, and legs, and other stuff too. With some knowledge of how the horse's body works and how they think, we can use the aids for just that. Aids. They're called aids because they're supportive, not controlling. Just as importantly as knowing how to use them is a knowledge of when to use them. In my thinking, the aids are something that we use to support our request when such a request is given in the horse's own language. Our horse's needs. What does our horse need? And have we addressed those needs? There are many of them, but some important ones in this context are freedom to move without restriction. Freedom to express their thoughts and know that we're attentive to them. An absence of fear and anxiety. In our Liberty to Riding clinics, we dive right into these pillars. The goal in those clinics is to ride our horse without dependence on the reins or aids for control. Our journey is to achieve a functional understanding of each of those important pillars. This doesn't mean that we need to find perfection in each one. We only need to know they exist and what they mean. Let's use an example to demonstrate. We hop on our horse in the round pen. In that smaller enclosed area, we will have a higher degree of comfort and be less tempted to take the reins. Next, We'll focus clearly where we want to go and put some energy into that focus. Imagine yourself walking down a street. You put on a smile, focus up at where you want to go and feel confidence and pride. We'll do the same on our horse. What are we looking for in this initial exercise? That our horse follows our focus in a direction and also follows our energy. When we up our energy, our horse should do the same and walk out with purpose or gate up. When we lower our energy, our horse should gate down or stop. When we adjust our body balance, our horse should mirror that. For example, we'll feel the whole left side of our body elevating as we focus left. Our horse, in turn, should pick up the left shoulder and look left, just like we did. Congratulations, you just achieved a balanced turn without your reins. If all goes well, great! If not, that's great too. 
Why do you think I say that? Because when things don't work out perfectly, that's a golden opportunity for relationship building with our horse where we can learn. In this case, perhaps our horse was distracted by another horse outside the pen. So we bring their focus back before asking anything else. Perhaps they're not motivated to move as a function of our energy. We can certainly attend to that in some groundwork following exercises. Perhaps they're anxious about having someone on their back. We can build confidence in the groundwork and also work with a second person, having someone repeat the groundwork exercises with you mounted. Whatever it is, there's a plethora of great exercises in which we can explore our progressions. Training and exploring a relationship with a horse is a mixture of bottom-up and top-down approaches. We need to have certain pieces in place in order to progress and facilitate our own understanding. To complement that, we must also be very open-ended in our top-down approach, having the freedom to explore possibilities with a comfort that the knowledge and experience we have and can gain will allow us to achieve amazing things. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Many of our podcast and live show topics come from you, our awesome listeners and viewers. Why not take a minute and send us your topic ideas? It's not only our goal to entertain and educate, but also to dig into topics that are meaningful to you. Looking forward to hearing you. Just send us a note at info at AmazingHorseCountry.com. Thanks. Until next time, my friends, happy trails. <laughs>